Hello and welcome to another edition of A Presence on Your Journey, a podcast of Community Autism Resources. I'm very, very happy today to have two guests. Mr. Ed Wilson is the manager of the self-supported services of the Department of Developmental Services, and Jan Randall, who is on our staff here at Community Autism Resources. Are you a resource specialist? I am an information and resource specialist. Okay, yes. and editor of Monday Morning Message. Yes, I am. Which is the weekly newsletter that I believe comes out on Monday. So and a mom. <laughs> so welcome to both of you. And also, Mr. Wilson, thank you for coming from Middleborough to do this podcast. We appreciate that very much. Thank you for having me. I guess I'd like to start, if you can give our listeners to this podcast a brief background. Sure, sure. So I was a service coordinator for almost 24 years prior to accepting the position of regional manager of self-directed supports for the Southeast. And I've been involved in what is now known as the Participant Directed Program since around 2003. Back when I started, it was called the ISO, which stood for Intermediate Service Organization. That was quite a while ago. The agency with choice option did not exist until 2010. And I became interested in self-directed service options because I felt it really changed the relationship that I had with participants and families. It's a very clear and direct way to work with a participant and or their family, and I enjoyed the ability on the family's behalf to implement a decision right away. You know, you want a job, okay, no waiting, no to complete a referral packet. You start working on that right away. So to me, it was a more personal way of working with decisions being made by the participant and their family at the kitchen table. And I've also found that this is a good partnership in the sense that the participant and the family have the power to make decisions and have an authority over a budget to make things happen, while DDS is able to maintain accountability over public dollars. So I find it to be a nice balance. So what exactly is meant by self-directed services? Sure. So self-directed supports are really new service delivery methods. They're not new services. DDS has been providing individual home supports and individual day supports and adult companion and respite and so on for many years. What is new about self-directed services is how they get delivered to the participant and or the family. I think of self-directed services and supports now as kind of a continuum of service delivery options and methods offered by DDS. So when I first started with DDS some 30 years ago, I worked for the Department of Mental Retardation, and it was clear who we were serving back then. Now we are the Department of Developmental Services, and in a fairly short period of time, we are now serving varied populations of people with very different needs, and they are looking for different ways in which services can be delivered to them than they had been in the past. So now, in addition to folks with intellectual disabilities, we also serve people with Prader-Willi syndrome, autism, Smith-Magenis syndrome, and acquired brain injury. So self-directed service delivery options allow DDS to meet the needs of these very populations. And in addition to traditional services, there's agency with choice in the participant-directed program. So if a family or an individual would like to have more flexibility, control, and the capacity to individualize services and determine how the service should be provided, then that comes with an increasing level of responsibility in the administering and arranging of the services as you kind of go through this continuum. And lastly, there are four areas that self-directed services looks to support. Self-directed services looks to increase relationships. It looks to increase memberships in the community. It looks to build skills. And it looks to maintain folks' health and safety. What do we mean by agency with choice? So agency with choice is what we consider to be a co-employment model. 
What does that mean? It means that families and individuals can recruit and select workers that they believe are a good fit for the person, and the agency will provide some assistance in helping to recruit and support people. The agency is obligated to interview the person that's recommended by the participant or the family and to establish whether they will meet the agency's qualifications for hiring, such as having a driver's license, being a U.S. citizen, passing a quarry, and perhaps passing some other agency-required trainings. And individuals and families can negotiate with the agency to determine what support their worker will do, what work they will have, and they can also negotiate how much the worker will earn. The individual and family primarily provide the daily supervision of the people whom they hire. Essentially, the main responsibility of the participant or their family is to make sure that the employees are doing what they want them to do and when they want them to do it. So is it a choice of programs and services within the agency? You can't choose another agency. It would have to be within that agency itself. So agency with choice is not provided by all agencies, right? Agencies have to be credentialed in order to provide these services. And so not every agency provides agency with choice services. Agencies must become qualified in order to provide agency with choice. But typically the agency does offer this as part of the array of services that are offered within that agency. Checking with the local area office to find out what agency with choice providers that they work with is probably the best way to be able to go in terms of finding one. So when it comes to agency with choice, typically the agency fulfills the employer function, as we had spoken about before, the participant and family's main responsibilities are supervising the employees, and the agency helps and handles the payroll, the taxes, the timesheets, and the related paperwork. The person who is hired is actually an employee of the agency, so ultimately the agency is responsible for the hiring and firing. So a person may decide that they no longer want to work with a particular support worker, which is fine, but it may mean that the person is reassigned to other responsibilities within the agency rather than being terminated from the agency. So you typically, in an agency with choice situation, work with a navigator who is familiar with the agency with choice program, and that's a person who can troubleshoot if there's problems or assist in finding community resources and helping with the preparation of the individual service plan. One of the key things that's real important is that there's a healthy and solid form of communication with the agency. That's pretty key. Having the participant and or their family checking in with the agency is pretty critical, not to let any problems linger. Sometimes individuals and families can end up going to the agency and want to fire the person, but the agency isn't even aware that there was a problem. So making sure that there's clear communication and clear expectations is pretty key. Typically, there are written agreements that spell out what the agency's responsibilities are, and there will be an agreement that would spell out what the participant or family's responsibilities are. Lastly, there are four services that are offered with an agency with choice, individual day supports, individual home supports, flex funding, and service navigation. If you're looking for agency with choice services, those would be the four that would be offered, and individual day supports can be used for employment. Jan, as an information resource specialist for community autism resources, you have a son who may be in a position to take advantage of these services or this particular agency. How do you find this working with you? 
We've been using Agency with Choice for about five and a half years. My son was in a day program and it was not a good match for him at all. And so we went to DDS and discussed it with them and we were able to get Agency with Choice set up for my son, Andrew. And it has been an absolute lifesaver for us and for him. It's improved his quality of life dramatically. We work with a great agency. So I have someone there that helps out with things. We're involved with finding his support staff and they screen them. And I spend time interviewing them before any decisions are made about who's hired to work with Andrew. He now has a drill job at the Dollar Tree, which we're really excited about with a job coach, which is something we never imagined might happen for him. He's met a lot of wonderful people. He's expanded his experiences immensely through this program because everything is so individualized to what he needs and what makes him happy and what he enjoys. And so things can change from time to time for him. He was obsessed with playing basketball and now we've expanded that to some other things like kayaking and tennis that he does recreationally, which is good for his physical fitness, working out at the Y in the pool. So we design his schedule around things that are supportive for him, that are good for his mental and physical health and volunteering. He volunteers here at Community Autism Resources and was our volunteer of the year last year, which was really cool. And he's had other places that he's volunteered at down in the Kushnet and other places. So it's just been amazing for him and he's really, really happy and it's improved his quality of life. The only thing that has been a challenge with agency with choice and you see it everywhere. I think you see it in day programs, you see it in group homes, is staff turnover. That's really difficult. He develops wonderful relationships with the people. Some of them become like second family to us, but at some point people move on. And so that's difficult for him when he loses people. But other than that, I wouldn't trade this for the world. It's just been an amazing experience for him. So would it be safe to say for both of you that it's giving, and I don't know what the terminology is. I know that some agencies, they call the users of the services consumers. Some agencies call them clients. So I don't know what terminology you'd like me to use. We usually use either participants or individuals. Okay, that sounds, okay, that's good. But it sounds like it gives the participants a little control over the kinds of services. I was picking up on Jan's interviewing people, for example. So was that safe to say that it gives the participants and their advocates some control over their decision making? Absolutely. Absolutely. Andrew meets people. Initially, when we first started this, I would just interview people and have them come out to the house and meet him. Now we actually require, as part of the interview process, that person going out with Andrew and another support staff or a parent for like an hour so that they can interact with each other. We want to make sure that he's comfortable too with the person. It's not just, are they going to be okay with him? We want to know that he's comfortable too. This is someone who's supporting him. It's empowering to the person to the participant uh, they are making those absolutely. decisions about whether or not they want this person to be supporting them or not and whether they're a right fit and so there's a certain level of empowerment around that absolutely well. and also to the extent that folks are able to be participatory and signing off on timesheets and submitting them and being part of that administrative process is also a learned skill that's also empowering to them as well 
the individuality too for what that individual person needs the development of skills that he's been able to make because of agency with choice because of it being so individualized he's working on areas where he's been a little weak and where he's strong we continue to develop that piece so that's where you find the deepness of the enrichment of this kind of program too yeah, the ability to be flexible and to adapt so, Mr. Wilson, if one were to call your office, what exactly would they expect to experience in terms of services? Well, in addition to agency with choice, there is also something called the Participant Directed Program. Now, the Participant Directed Program is the most flexible option in terms of providing the most control, but also requires some responsibility to manage. In the Participant Directed Program, there is no agency, but that doesn't mean that there isn't any support. There are typically four key players who work cooperatively together to make sure that things run smoothly. That is the participant, the family, the DDS service coordinator, and the fiscal intermediary currently known as Public Partnerships Limited. Participants in the Participant Directed Program work within an allocation or a budget which is provided. And there are certain limits and rules, but they're able to design a support that can be very flexible and be very individualized. In this model, all resources are considered, so Social Security, food stamps, housing, the person's wages are all reviewed, and that's out of a desire to want to stretch the existing resources and try to make sure that we're not paying for something out of the allocation that might be able to be paid for in some other way. This allocation or this funding doesn't go into the participant's checkbook or into the family's bank account. It is placed with that financial intermediary, public partnerships, and they act as the agent to assist in helping folks keep employer records and process timesheets and the payroll and handle the taxes and the workers' comp, and they also reimburse for expenses and such. The participant directed program, the main responsibilities for the participant and or the family would be for recruiting employees and determining what they would do placing ads and creating job descriptions and the like. In this model, you have a lot of control, but you do have some responsibility. In this model, you receive a monthly statement of expenses each month, and you have online view access only to a portal in real time, so folks can review their budget at home on their laptop, and they can look and they can say, I want to move some money around, and they can create line items and move money from one line item to another. So let's say Sally's going to be out for a couple weeks, and they want to use that money to take an adult education class, and they can move money around from one line item to another. They'd actually make notes at home on their laptop and then be calling the service coordinator or support broker to have the money actually change from one line to another. The other thing that's important in both Agency with Choice and the Participant Directed Program is to understand that you can mix and match services. That means that it doesn't have to be all self-directed or all traditional services. You can have a mixture of both. So, for example, you can attend a community-based day service program, or perhaps a day hab three days per week, and self-direct the other two days. Or if you wish, you just want to self-direct for one day, that's perfectly fine. Or, for instance, you could attend a full-time day program, or day habilitation, you could attend that full-time, and then receive individual home supports, either in your own apartment or in your family home. So, there's the real capacity to be flexible and to design supports so that they can work together. And last 
lastly, each area office typically has a liaison or lead person who can be contacted to provide information for self-directed services and answer questions. And they all have my name and number if there are questions they cannot answer. But in both instances, there is a service coordinator involved who is the point person. Now, Jan, have you ever had any of those experiences in your advocacy and all with, with your son? We haven't used the participant the participant model. Participant-directed program. Yeah, we have not used the participant-directed. So when it comes to things like he's talking about the line items, if there's issues with Andrew's funding, I talk to my agency right. and work with them. Mm-hmm. We actually had an emergency come up a few years ago when I was in the hospital for quite a while. And so we were actually able to get a little extra money put into the Correct. agency with choice yep. to get some additional supports for Andrew's and I was in the hospital. So that's what's nice about having the agency that I have to work with, my support person there, my kind of point person who I can go to to help with anything that we need. Yeah, individuals and families really have to kind of discern and decide what the best balance is for them in terms of the amount of assistance they may desire or want. And that's what this is all about, is trying to provide an array of choices. And participants and families have to be comfortable with the level of decision-making within the options. Which is why we chose agency with choice. Because of working and everything else I have on my plate, that allowed us a little bit more support and took a little bit off of what I would have to do but still get Andrew the pieces that he needed. Mr. Wilson, you mentioned that somebody might choose day programming a couple of days a week and self-directing one day a week. What would that self-directing one day a week or two days, what exactly does that mean? So what it means is that, so for instance, if somebody went to a day rehabilitation program, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, on Tuesday and Thursday, the individual and family then could create a meaningful day for that person that might be made up of work or volunteer or adult education classes or going to the gym and those kinds of things. I was going to say, could it be recreational? Absolutely, sure. Yep. It's real important in these self-directed services that a participant and family have a vision, including identifying the kind of roles they want to fulfill. As I mentioned before, being an employee or a volunteer or a regular breakfast member, a YMCA member, and then being able to identify a schedule that they want to put together in terms of when those activities would take place. And self-directed services is unique in that there is no place, there's no door to open and no program to see with that bricks and mortar that surrounds it. So, you know, self-directed services are very flexible and they're individualized. So the participant develops their own story and their own supports on their own schedule. So it's all about the stories in this. That's what we did too. When we started this, there was a real vision of who is Andrew as a person? What does he enjoy to do in life? Where do we see the potential for real growth for him? And the goal was ultimately for him to get some kind of paid employment and it just happened this year it took all this time and he started his job January 1st so those kind of things can take time but the plan was there the plan is also so flexible what we think is really important for him to be doing at this day and time talk to me next January and it might be very different as to what we see is important for him at that point in time designed to be responsive to changing needs yep Absolutely. A, a key factor in a lot of self-directed services. So we may have been touching on this throughout this discussion, but in your mission, it says to aid individuals to have control over their life, to help make decisions about services based on vision, path, preferences, 
beliefs and abilities. What does that mean? My best way to describe this is that in traditional services, the agency answers the questions who, what, when, where, and how. In traditional services, the agency will decide who's going to be hired. They decide what the service will be. They decide where the program is located. The agency decides when the program hours are, when it starts and ends, and how the services will be designed. And that's fair because the agency is responsible for maintaining the contract that they have with DDS to provide the service. But in self-directed services, who will provide the services up to the participant and or their family? What will the individual do? Will they work or volunteer or take classes? Up to them. Where are the places that the individual wants to spend time? Will it be home, work, the church, gym? a coffee house, they're able to make those decisions. And when will they start the day and end their day? If somebody's interested in starting their day at 10 o'clock and working till 6, that's possible. If someone was a night owl and wanted to work from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., it's possible that they could have a schedule that would allow that. And they also are the ones who determine how best the service will meet their needs. But that's all accomplished through having a pretty strong vision and understanding of what it is you're looking to do. So when we talk about vision, past, preferences, beliefs, and abilities, what is meant by that? What is meant by beliefs? How does beliefs, for example, fit into that? Or preferences? I would say, in terms of the beliefs, it's the beliefs of the individual person, how they want to feel fulfilled in their life. Mm -hmm. You know, the things that they can believe that they can do. Because a lot of times people are held back. Other people out there think, well, obviously you can't do that or you can't achieve that. And so those beliefs that we can get there and the beliefs that just a person holds to themselves, doing those things that they want to do. You know, in the years I've been working, especially families have a great sense of what the gifts and capacities are of their son or daughter, and certainly the individual themselves is striving to achieve things, and oftentimes isn't given the opportunity or doesn't have a situation where those gifts and capacities can be really demonstrated right. or provided the kind of support in ways that can really bring those forth. And so, these self-directed services, it's possible. So again, it's that emphasis on not the agency making these decisions, but it's that two-way streak that we've been talking about. Absolutely. It's about the individual making these decisions and also taking responsibility for the decisions as well, having that freedom. Yep. And Jan, you're feeling a part of that, feeling a part of making decisions about how your son's gifts, for example, can be utilized or his activities and what he wants to do from day to day. Yes, because it's been a matter of him having a real life, a life like anybody else has, that he's not just sitting someplace all day doing what other people want him to do. He is doing what he enjoys doing. Mm -hmm. He wants to work. He enjoys working. And so he has the chance now to be engaged in things that are fulfilling for him. And so that makes all the difference in the world. Mr. Wilton, can you go into what the Real Lives Law is? Sure. So the Real Lives Law was passed in 2014, and it promotes self-directed options for individuals receiving DDS services, and it assures that self-direction information, outreach, training, and safeguards are provided. Now, as part of that Real Lives Law, 
there was a self-directed services advisory board that was established. And it's a 22-member advisory board representing multiple stakeholders, and it meets on a regular basis, typically quarterly, to advise the department on efforts to implement, improve, publicize, and evaluate and develop information regarding self-determination and self-direction in accordance with the law. And members of the advisory committee serve three-year terms, so anyone wishing to become involved can contact me and I direct them as to who they should contact if they were interested in becoming a part of that board. Is there anything either of you that I may have left out that you'd like to stress more of? And also, Mr. Wilson, if you can give us your contact information, how people can get in touch with you. Sure, absolutely. So again, my name is Edward Wilson, and my phone number is 1-508-866-8864. And my email address is edward.b.wilson at state.ma.us. And I'll just say that I can't even express how profoundly this has changed my son's life, how much happier he is. And again, there are the challenges that you face with losing staff people who you really love, who become very much, in our case, people who are there for a while, who become very much a part of our family. They're Mm -hmm. in and out of the house all the time with Andrew. We have a lot of conversations with him and about him, about how things are going and really good stuff staff will always try to come up with new ideas and say, you know, we see Andrew likes this. Can we try that? So it's just been such an amazing thing for him. We're really grateful that we have this in Massachusetts. I have friends in Rhode Island and I brag quite frequently that we're so lucky to have this wonderful program here in Massachusetts. It really is a gem. It really is about giving voice to folks who haven't had a voice in things for so long. So it's really a good thing. I feel good about being a part of it for sure. And we do too. Well, I want to thank both of you for being a part of this podcast and giving Mr. Wilson a chance to talk about his services and Jan, your perspective as well. Thank Thank you you. both very, very much. Thank you. I want to remind everybody that the music we used on this program is written by George Wilson. A Presence on Your Journey is a podcast of community autism resources. Our executive director is Barbara Domain. Our technical producer is Nick Domain. For more information to listen to this and other podcasts, you can go to our website at www.community-autism-resources.com. This podcast is also available on iTunes. If you have iTunes, you can go to the bookstore and do a search for Autism, A Presence on Your Journey under podcasts. You can access the podcasts there and other podcasts if you so choose. And my name is Dennis Poselli. Thank you for listening.